And so today we're going to be um, hearing from our dear brother, uh, Michael Emanuel. Uh, you notice I left out his his, his uh, middle name there because uh, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> he, he led me through a guided pronunciation, but I'm still not confident enough. So, um, but we are going to hear from him. Uh, Michael is uh, from the nation of Kenya and he's coming in from Kenya and he is involved in all sorts of things throughout the continent of Africa. He's part of the Global Family Leadership Team, uh, Global Family 24-7 Leadership Team, and really passionate about both prayer and missions um, and uh, seeing those things happen around the world. So, Michael, I'm going to pass it over to you, brother, um, and we'll let you take it from here. Honored to have you join us and, and share with us today. Thank you very much, uh, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, first, uh, the caveat, I live in Kenya, but I'm in Nigeria. You don't want the Kenyans to sue me for... <laughs> yes, I yes, I live in Kenya. My base and ministry office is in Kenya, but uh, my citizen and, uh, and, and um, country of origin is uh, Nigeria. But uh, to my Ugandan, my Ugandan friends, I always tell them that um, I am Nigerian by, by birth, uh, Ugandan by spirit, because I love my Ugandan friends. So <clears throat> I thank the Lord for the privilege to share very briefly. It's a burden um, when I received this opportunity to have to share. I felt it's a burden uh, because recently there have been a lot of focus on the continent of Africa uh, from the rest of the world. Uh, from the perspective of prayer, from the perspective of missions, and especially from the perspective of church growth. And I'm looking at that from that perspective to see that, um, yes, we are thankful for what the Lord is doing on the continent of Africa, but at the same time, we will still want you to pray with us on the continent of Africa so that we don't begin to dance when it is not yet party time. So that is where we are. I really want to speak more from the uh, respective aspect, especially from the perspective of the continent of Africa. And of course, also to look at the dynamics of the finishing of the task that we all have globally. <clears throat> uh, time is no more available for us. Whatever needs to be done, needs to be done right away. So I'm going to be looking at it from those two perspectives, uh, the dynamics of finishing the task, and then the place of Africa in finishing the task. So I'm going to just say uh, a word of prayer. Uh, even before then, once again, I want to say thank you, Jonathan, and the Global Family Leadership Team. It's been a joy serving the Lord with all of you. Um, it's always very much of a lot of fun um, serving the Lord with you. Karen, thank you. I can see Karen there. Thank you, all of you. It's been a great joy uh, serving the Lord uh, with these amazing people of God from around the world. Let us pray, and then I will just share briefly, and then go. we're going to have a more time to pray. Abba Father, thank you for <clears throat> this time, and thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be called upon to share a word at this hour. Father, I just ask, oh Lord, that you will be with my mouth of clay, and you will speak through me what you have for this moment. We thank you for the progress of the work globally in terms of finishing the task. We are grateful for all the things that you have allowed to happen globally, which, oh Lord, you have been using, oh Lord, one way or the other, 
to the advancement of the work of the kingdom. We are so thankful, Lord, for the task that still remains to be done. We trust in you, Lord, that you give us the grace to be prepared as the church, as the body, to be able to uh, be ready indeed for what is expected of us, even when this work that needs to be finished is about to be finished. Help us, Lord, even as I share this moment, I pray for grace and revelation from you. I pray, Lord, for help of the Holy Spirit to just share your heart and your mind for now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Yes, uh, Jonathan, uh, when he was introducing me, did he mention that I'm a pastor? Yes, I'm a pastor and ordained minister of the gospel. So I'm going to be speaking from biblical perspective of what I perceive to be happening in the global end time. I then try to see where we need your help more for the church of the Lord on the continent of Africa, and also to see this perspective of the church globally in the area of finishing the tax. I'm going to start from the book of Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 12 is where I'm going to be reading from, uh, from verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, and then I'm going to read from verse 10 to 12. And it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Verse 11, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Now, my emphasis is that last statement, where the Bible says clearly, that the devil knows he has a short time. And we know that uh, this scripture has been written more than 2,000 years ago. And if at that time the devil knows, is aware that the time was short 2,000 years ago, how short is the time right now? Not only that, there's something else that is also said about the devil in that place. In, in trying to, uh, let me read that, I put that in my, on my screen, uh, in that verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell in the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Not just being angry, but very, very angry. And why is he so angry? Because he knows that he has a short time. So now, uh, that is what I want us to look at uh, very quickly, so that we look at that uh, in light of what the Lord is doing in this current season. The devil was very angry 2,000 years ago. He was so angry because he knew that the time was short for him. And so he was doing everything possible, of course, to get as many as possible to join him in his, in, in his internal, in the internal agenda of God for him, which is, of course, we know, which is eternal, eternal destruction. However, <clears throat> The church of the Lord is my interest today. How are we urgent? How are we sensitive, number one, to the wrath of the enemy? And then how are we sensitive to the shortness of time? 
I said earlier on that I want to look at a little bit about finishing the tax, the dynamics of finishing the tax. But you look at what we still need to do. Uh, I was going through Joshua Project today. For some of you, if you have been very familiar with the Joshua Project, they have been very much focused on the unreached people's group globally. And they are trying. Uh, I know some people will say sometimes they are, there are sometimes some of their uh, data, uh, some of them are not 100% accurate. But I can tell you that the Joshua Project uh, 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 data is at least more than 90%. If there's anything that needs to be adjusted, probably there is a progress that then we need to uh, kind of update them. But I want to really use this opportunity to say a very big thank you to our friends uh, who are behind the Joshua Project uh, initiative. It has been very, very helpful in giving us informed update of where the work of the Lord is, especially in regard to the unreached people's group. And if there's anything that's very deep in the heart of some of us on the continent of Africa, it is how we can really finish the task in reaching the unreached. Now, when you're looking at the unreached, especially again from the perspective of the continent of Africa, according to Joshua Project, Africa still have about 995 uh, people's group with over 300 million uh, 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 population that are yet unreached. This is huge. However, when the church looks at us, thank you, Karen, for putting that in the chat. Yes, the, that is the website for Joshua Project. Uh, for those of us who are already using them, please, uh, they, they are very, very resourceful in terms of giving us update on the unreached people's group, which have been very, very helpful for us, especially for those of us on the continent of Africa. So when I look at the huge amount of 400 million souls that are yet to come to the faith, and the dynamics of what we need to do to get them, that is only from the perspective of Africa. And also, of course, when you look at digital project and other sites that are also involved in reaching the unreached people's group, I thank God also for um, a project called Finishing the Tax uh, that has been headed by Pastor Rick Warren uh, of Saddleback Church. That is another very, very, um, uh, how will I say it? Uh, uh, we are very thankful for the world for finishing the tax as well. Finishing the tax is also very much focused on the original group. Right now, we can see that even virtually every what are mainstream ministries globally, they are looking at how can we finish the work of the ministry, especially from the perspective of the unreached people's group. Now, as we are all doing this, I want to take back to Revelation chapter 12, where I started from. We are all, let's say, the body of Christ, especially those who are mainstream. We are very much interested in seeing how can we bridge the gap of the unreached people's group? How can we reach out to the, especially looking at the Muslim world that is that the Lord is visiting, we can say it was uh, orchestrated by, uh, uh, how would I call it, uh, a shaking. In 2010, uh, some of us were in the part in, in, in the Middle East when we went to have a special program there. And then we had the Arab Spring. In 2010, immediately after the Arab Spring, we see the dispersion of our Muslim brethren to different parts of the world. Thank you also. Yeah, that's very important. Finishing the task, the, the, the website is also on that, on that in the chat. So in 2010, we see that <clears throat> there is a, a, a kind of a, what I call it, a dispersion. Even though it was supposed to be orchestrated by what is called Arab Spring, 
I always say this, God is behind that dispersion. Because we look at the statistics of the Muslims that eventually came into the faith as a result of that Arab Spring. In Europe, in America, in Africa, the statistics is high. And we can see that growth orchestrated by this, I would like to call it dispersion, or what you can call a crisis. So some of the crisis that is happening in the end time is supposed to be for us to know that these are not just ordinary. I know that there is a perspective of the one that is being done by the devil, but they are mostly also, most of them are also being orchestrated by God our Father, who is supposed to let us know that as the church, we need to get ready. The church, we need to be prepared in finishing the task. Uh, the most recent one, of course, that we are all aware is what is happening now in, uh, in Ukraine. We see the crisis in Ukraine, and when you look at it, we are not happy. Not, no one is happy about what is happening, especially when you look at the way the beautiful nation of Ukraine is being destroyed. Uh, Mariupol is down. Uh, after that, the, uh, 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 Russia is still continuing the assault every day, pulling down that nation. It's very sad. But then again, we see the dispersion of Ukrainians into Europe. And you look at the church in Europe, in, in Ukraine, you can see the number, how the church in Ukraine uh, in the last uh, uh, 10, 20 years have grown. Our prayer is that the people who have been dispersed by the Lord, they will not only be overwhelmed by the sadness and the sorrow of what they are going through, but it will be seen as being dispersed for the purpose of God across Europe and across the nations of the earth. So what am I trying to say? The time is short. That's all the summary I'm trying to bring to us, even as I start this, uh, this um, teaching very briefly. That the time is so short, but at the same time, there are a lot of spiritual warfare that is connected to the shortness of time. In that Revelation 12 that I read, the Bible says that the devil is very angry. Why? Because he knows the time is short. And you look at the occurrence and the activities that is happening in the world today, they are all, one way or the other, being used to the propagation of the gospel of Christ. Even though there are crises all around the world, Africa, we are going through a lot of challenges. Yes, the church of the Lord on the continent of Africa is growing on a daily basis. So when we're looking at that, how are we then supposed to prepare as a church, as the body of Christ? I, I, I remember the story of uh, the, the prodigal son. Uh, this, the, my focus is not the prodigal son, but my focus is the brother of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son came back home in Luke, the Bible described that in the book of Luke, that the brother was angry because he came back home and the father received him with so much joy. How prepared are we to receive our Muslim brethren? even though we have been hurt by many of the things we have heard about them. Today, I want us to look at that, these two perspectives of the spiritual warfare that is involved in finishing the task in the interest of the fact that the time is so short, that the body of Christ will be come together and know, yet we are thankful for the growth of the church. We are thankful for what is happening, even though it's like a mixed, like a mixed situation. There are, there are instances of situation that are kind of very disturbing. At the same time, we can see revival springing up 
as a result of those disturbing situations. So beloved, uh, as I just wanted to, as I said earlier on, I want us to look at these um, issues and then pray, pray more for the body of Christ to be ready for what the Lord our God is doing this season. I'm going to read again from the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter one. My emphasis is verse five, but I'm just going to read from verse one to five. Habakkuk, in the book of Habakkuk chapter one, and I read from verse one to five. The word of God says, it said, the body with the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not say. Verse three, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Now look at verse five. Say, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly outstanding. For I will walk a walk in your days, which you will not believe, though it were told to you. The Lord is working an amazing work in our days, beloved people of God. He's causing revival from different parts of the world. He's tearing up the, he's, he's tearing up the waters himself. He's tearing up the waters himself. And he's, he's telling the body of Christ, be ready for the harvest. Be ready for the harvest. The time is so short. This, this, most of these things that we are seeing that is happening in the world, it is not entirely from the devil. I know a lot of us are praying, myself and part of some of the platforms that are praying for Ukraine. We are praying, we are not happy. When you see those devastation, when you see those children, blood-soaked children, when you see the way women are being killed every day, they're digging out uh, mass graves of people who are unarmed people, those are very traumatizing experiences. Those are things that even the Ukrainian brethren that are not there, they, they just see and they are just, they are just kind of, a, uh, it's, it's just unexplainable sadness. That is the fact. But behind it, there's a dispassion. And our prayer for them that in their dispassion, for those who are not saved among them, is an opportunity for their salvation. And that's why we say it's like a twofold experience. Those of them that are not saved, that have been dispersed, but the Lord is that as an opportunity for them to meet with the Lord. And those who are saved, may the Lord keep them strong, so much so that even though they are feeling the pains of their loss, the Lord will help them to still, in that same pain, carry the gospel like it happened in the early church. That was what happened in the early church. The early church was dispersed, a means of a very serious persecution. But regardless of that pain of that persecution, they were still going about sharing the gospel of Christ. They lost, they lost their close ones. They lost their, they lost their family members. They lost those who were, they were preaching the gospel of Christ together. Yet it did not stop them from advancing the cause of Christ. So beloved, um, I'm, I'm trying to share, share this to let us know from that perspective of verse 5 of Apocalypse chapter 1, there is a shaking globally. And shaking is coming on from two perspectives. But we need to be sensitive to the spiritual warfare of these shakings, especially at the body of Christ. 
and we need to be prepared that the time is so short that it is an all hands on deck moment for every one of us to know that we are all important, uh, important part of what is about to unfold in our world. It is the devil, the Bible said in our revelation to the terms that I read, that he knows he has a very short time. More than 2,000 years ago, how sensitive are we to the shortness of time? The Bible says he was very hungry because he knows this time is short. So as much as possible, he want to devastate us, want to do as many havoc as possible. We want to get as many people to go to hell as possible. Can the body of Christ come to the place of sensitivity to the spiritual warfare of the hour? Can the body of Christ come to the place of sensitivity to the shortness of the time of this season and for us to come together and put aside our words, our differences? I said earlier on talking about the issue of the prodigal son. And I said, when the prodigal son came back home, the brother was angry. He was angry Why? he was looking at that aspect of the father slaughtering the fatted calf, not looking at the most important aspect of the father, his younger brother could have died. He could have died there, he could have perished. He's back home, but that small aspect of the fact that there was a party that was sent for him got him offended. What are the little things that is offending us? Instead of receiving those the Lord is bringing our play, what are the little, little things we need to be able to, we need to be conscious of in this end time? There are bigger responsibilities that God has given us from different parts of the world. As we from Africa, those of you from different parts of the world, this is a time for us to come together because the warfare is strong and the time is very, very short. Can we put aside those milutins, those things that are non-fundamental, that the enemy is trying to kind of magnify? I mean, because what is it that the, the, the only one calf was, was slaughtered? How many calves do the father have? The father definitely have a lot of them. He could have gotten as many as he wanted, but that one single calf was enough to get the older brother to be angry. Instead of rejoicing at the moment of the fact that his brother is back home, what am I talking about? Are there little, little issues that is distracting our attention from the bigger things that God is doing? Are there little, little things that are causing rift among us? That's not allowing us to be sensitive to the spiritual warfare that is ongoing. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, he said, a house divided against itself can never stand. And that's why we see a lot of things, little, little foxes that the enemy brings around us. Oh, he put the table, he put the pen on the table when he's supposed to put it on the plate. I mean, very little things that we just magnify. And he just magnifies those little differences and we get big clouded by those little differences and we shift our attention from the bigger picture of what the Lord is doing. Beloved, if there's anything I would like us to do today, I just want us all to pray. To pray that the Lord will bring us more than ever before into the unity of the body of Christ. To be sensitive to the warfare that is ongoing. 
to be sensitive to the shortness of the time of what God is expecting us to do. And also to know that this is a season of an all hands in the, on the deck. This is a time for every one of us to come together, put down our differences and come together and do the work of the Lord. There are many, many factions today. We thank the Lord for that. There are prayer ministries that are coming together to work together with mission movements. We thank the Lord for movements like DBS, DMM, CPM, all of this coming together and see how the Lord can help us to come together. And of course, we can also leave out the church. The local church is still very significant in the end time work of God because many of us will never have been able to be disciples if we were not part of the local church. The place of the local church can still not be undermined. The local church is still very important in this end time finishing of the task. Beloved, I just want to encourage us that we need to walk in that heart of humility and acceptance. Let the prayer ministry know that, yes, we thank the Lord for the grace to pray, but we need those who will go. The missions are going. And the missions are going, we need to thank God for those who are discipling them. We have those who are doing the disciple making movement, church planting movement, all this movement, we need them. At the same time, we need the church, the local church that will be available to nurture them to growth. In Africa here, we are very, very, we are, we are, we are, we are a family-oriented people. And I can't imagine uh, if only all we can do is just to have our DMM and not belong to a local church, whereby how are we going to do the weddings? How are we going to do the funerals? How are we going to do the things that bring us together on our local church? We are still a people. All of these are very important aspects of the body of Christ towards finishing of the task of the moment. So the Lord will help us and the Lord will give us grace and strength, uh, like I said, in finishing what the Lord has designed us to finish in this end time. Not only that, the Lord is also raising special ministries in this end time. Special ministries that are like our, our brother, Brother Granberry uh, is talking about the uh, Roman, 9, Roman 911 initiative. Of course, which is focused purely on the Jews, the Messianic Jews, and blending of the Messianic Jews and the Church of the Lord. And another thing I'm saying, but what is it? The major issue is acceptance. And the Lord will help us to understand that even the Jews, their own place in this end time finishing of the tax is very sensitive and very important. How ready are we to accept them when they come to the fold? So beloved, I would really like us to have a time of prayer and really going before the Lord and bringing all of these issues before the Lord, especially in prayer. That the Lord God Almighty will give us the grace to be sensitive to the spiritual warfare of the moment and also to be sensitive to the shortness of time at this hour. Well, as I am running up just in about 10 more minutes, uh, then I'll ask us to begin to pray. There are some things that I know that has been happening, thank the Lord, very positive that have been happening, which we need to do more of. In the interest of what I'm saying, the shortness of time and the spiritual warfare of the moment. Number one is collaboration. The coming together of different ministries. And I thank the Lord that the Lord is really doing that in this end time. Let's do more of that, beloved.
Let's come together. Let's, let's lean on what each one has to bring on the plate. We all have something to offer. And that is one thing that's really, really uh, uh, being promoted in the body of Christ today, collaboration. Whereby the prayer movement is collaborating with the mission movement, the mission movement is collaborating the movement of the, the disciple movement, movement, and we're all focusing on the unfinished task. We're all focusing on how can we bring together our different expertise and focus on this unfinished task. Of course, again, when we come together like that, we need to just be sensitive to the fact that what I said earlier on, what the enemy may want to bring in on the game. As we come together, every organization have their own DNA. We need to trust the Lord to give us the grace to be sensitive as we come together in bridging the gaps of strengths, in resources, and also in bringing together on the plate what is most needful. As a roundup, um, there's something, uh, two things, two more things quickly, which I'm just going to put on, and then I want us to go and pray. It is no longer a time for us to say we are going to be behind in any aspect. It's also a time of learning for every one of us. We need to update ourselves with a heart of humility to learn from one another. In other words, um, there is some things that will be fruitful practices from some of the organizations that the Lord is bringing us to in this collaboration effort. We need to learn what they are doing better that we are not doing so that we can exchange strength and be able to know what the Lord is doing in that aspect. Lastly, I would like us to pray for Africa as a roundup. Uh, my prayer is for Africa. Yes, Africa is always my heartbeat. Um, when we look at the revival in Africa, we are thankful for the growth of the prayer ministry. Uh, some of us that uh, the Lord has helped us to we are still growing. We have our fathers, those who are our leaders on the continent who have been doing this work for 50 years and above. We are still in the middle somewhere there. But then uh, I look at even when I came into the ministry of prayer and I look at where we started from, the primary focus of prayer at that time was for ourselves, deliverance, myself, my family and all that. Then we move on to the level of praying for our nation. And today we are praying for the unreached people's group. We'd like you to help us to pray, especially on the continent of Africa, that the Lord will help us to grow more in that respect. Also, we thank God that the people that uh, the whole world is talking about the growth of the African church. But when you look at that growth, let's know that the disciple-making church in Africa is still very, very low. We need your help in the place of prayer that it will not just be these big churches that their focus is not even discipleship. Big in number, but their focus is not in even reaching out to the unreached. Their focus is completely different. We don't want to just look at the number, but are they really disciple-making churches? And that is where we really want you to help us to pray more for the continent of Africa. So beloved people of God, all I have just to share with you tonight is just to let, just to remind you that the Lord needs every single one of us and he wants us to come together 
bring all that we have on the plate, your place is important. And that if there's any other thing I'm going to say, every one of us is important in this end time of finishing the task. Let's be sensitive to the warfare that is ongoing and let's be sensitive to the shortness of time. Let's come together to pray. Let's trust the Lord to help us to finish strong. God bless you.